listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this March the 28th in the year of our Lord 2019. And being a Rumination Thursday, we have with us our good friend, Reverend Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing really very good. It's, the snow's really down here right now, so we were able to get here on time. Although, no. I'll, I'll tell you, there was a bad accident going the other way on 270, Ooh. and they were backed up for two miles. I would not have made it had it been on our side. And then they were trying to get two fire engines through, and it was just, I don't know how they even got there. Oh, uh, my. already passed it, so we'll keep them in our prayers. This Last week and this week, we've been talking about how to reach out to young people who are leaving the church, and we've talked about the reasons they were leaving some uh, evangelism activity you might want to follow. Well, today we're kind of following up on this, is it's best to understand how they regard theology and Christianity. And believe it or not, we're using a Methodist bishop Tim Whittaker, on an article he wrote on Christianity and liberalism. He's already retired. He had served the Florida area, but he's written a wonderful paper on showing the distinction between traditional Christianity and what he calls progressivism. A lot of people are saying, well, we're not liberal, we're uh, progressives, and he goes to show that there really isn't much difference between progressives and liberals. What's your overall reaction to the paper, Wes? I thought that was a good topic for us to take a look at. I mean, uh, in, in connection with it, he calls it two different faiths. I, I really agree with him. In fact, what did the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod do in convention in regard to the oh, Evangelical yeah. Lutheran Church of America? We passed a resolution, didn't we, saying that they're no longer Lutherans? Exactly. That because of their uh, views, uh, and it wasn't just on morality, homosexuality, abortion, etc. It was particularly on their view of the Bible that much of it is in error and that a lot of the historical facts written in the Bible simply did not occur. Occur, and that's uh, really pretty much liberalism. I think one of the things I took away from it, too, also was uh, the fact that I, I came away with, as he described liberalism and how it went through the, the 18th and ni- or 19th and 20th centuries, that uh, liberalism is the granddaddy of progressivism. Progressives are, are the grandchild of this whole liberal thought that we've seen for the last 150 years. Yes, well, well said. That though progressives are saying we're not liberals, they really do come out of the liberal approach. And he does a good job, I think, going through the various parts of the article. I mean, there's a, we could spend the next uh, three or four hours talking about this. Yes, uh, he really makes a good point, and he divides into various areas, doctrine, God and man, etc. But under doctrine, uh, he was talking about how do people live is the main theme of liberalism. And he says the strange thing about Christianity is that it adopted an entirely different method. It transformed 
the lives of men, not by appealing to the human will, but by telling a story, not by exhortation, but by the narration of an event. And that event, of course, is the cross and resurrection of Christ. Nice. Yeah. He says, this approach seemed foolish to the ancient world, as it seems foolish to liberal preachers today. The strange thing is that it works. Right. Whereas liberalism talks about uh, you got to experience it. you you got to somehow do it. Yeah he, to... yeah, he really helped me to understand how they look at Jesus. Here's another quote. From the beginning, Christianity was a campaign, a campaign of witnessing, not about merely what Jesus was doing in an individual life, but to what Jesus had done once for all in his death and resurrection. Right. Whereas in a liberal thought that they, they look at him as a guide. You look at him as an example to follow. He's kind of like a guru. Uh, yes, and we, we find that a lot in uh, a lot of churches today, that they'll go over what Jesus had done, and then we need to follow his example. Nobody gets to heaven by following the example of Jesus because they don't even want to follow his example until they're already saved. And the example is not one of really being a good person, a decent man, but the example of faithfully believing the promises that God the Father, as well as Jesus and the Holy Spirit, have given to us in right. our Bible. Yeah, the, the one statement I took away on doctrine and man, on liberalism, I thought was rather good, is that uh, the religious experience in the sense of feelings, sentiments, and emotions that result in a new concept matters instead of being to the source, in other, or other words, Jesus being the source, but my own feelings and finding out things. Yes. More. In fact, he ends that section by complimenting what you just said. If this is so, then the liberal and progressive appeals to experience as a source of revelation or truth are misleading and deceptive. And you know, in the Heidelberg Disputation, Martin Luther talks about we're all theologians. There's two kinds. The theologian of self-glory who uses his experience to figure out what God wants him to do, and the theologian of the cross who listens to Jesus in the word, the Bible, to know how we are to behave as well as to know how we are to be saved. And that was written back, what, in the 1500s. So, you know, there's, in a sense, nothing new under the sun. It's just with this liberal thought, it just progresses from one generation to another generation. Yes, this whole idea of feelings and experiences uh, among those who are progressives, he has this to say about it. This attitude is that it is unnecessary to have some conception of God. And then he quotes from a liberal, theology or the knowledge of God is the death of religion. religion. We yeah. should not seek to know God but should merely feel his presence. You know what I 
when I read that, you know what I thought? What? In Corinthians, doesn't it say that even Satan can can appear as an angel of light? Exactly. How do you know you're getting the real thing if you're just feeling it? And would you not also agree with me that the nuns, those who have left the church and no longer have a denomination, that their problem is when they don't seek God in the Bible, but merely try to feel his presence, they leave the church because the feeling of his presence is really negative to them. Right. I No, I don't. In fact, as I read that, I'm thinking this is what they were brought up in their churches. So why are we surprised that, that they they believe this? Because they were taught that in Sunday school. Yes. Yeah, I uh, was looking at Sunday school material quite a bit when I was going through doing the the doctorate I did and looking at catechisms. And a lot of it is based on feelings, not on real historical facts from the Bible. And therefore, even your view of God is messed up quite a bit. In Mm -hmm. fact, um, liberals do attack doctrine... But what's the doctrine that they love? Could you explain this a bit? The fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Yeah, that one I I found rather interesting. God's a kindly gentleman, and we're all brothers together uh, in in, uh, some kind of mystical-type relationship with one another. Yes, and what he says is the liberals don't realize that this doctrine— is neither the teaching of Jesus nor the teaching of the Bible. That's why I like the distinction of we're we're dealing with two faiths. We're calling it liberalism versus Christianity. I think that's a mistake we've 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 as Christians have made is we treated liberalism as too long as just kind of a loosening of Christian values. I'm not so sure we we can even call it Christian no. liberalism. No, I agree that this article shows that these progressive and liberal thinking is absolutely contrary to the Bible and to God's Word. In fact, um, he makes this point. The gospel itself refers to something entirely different than the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Really distinctive New Testament teaching about the fatherhood concerns only those who have been brought into the household of faith. Mm. See, there is a fatherhood because he's creator of everything. But when we're talking about salvific fatherhood, he is only the father of believers in that sense. Right. Well, it's back to experiential. Christ is a, a, would they describe him as a, a fairest flower of humanity. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what they were saying. But you can understand now why the nuns are really opposed to traditional Christian thinking, uh, where we would say that homosexual activity is a sin. How can that be if we're the brotherhood of man? This is just what the Holy Spirit is making these people feel. And for you to make a judgment against them uh, we get angry at that. In fact, we leave the church because we don't agree with that. Well, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's, it's he talks about this loss of consciousness of sin. And that's, that's where we, I would say, 
have lost the, the value of what, what do we really call sin. Sin, sin is something that, that not what God describes as right or wrong, but as we decide culturally from one generation to another generation. Yes. In fact, um, uh, he's using a book by a man named Machen, M-A-C-H-E-N, who had written about this. And he was the one who made the point that Christianity and liberalism are two different religions. He says this loss of the consciousness of sin occurred about 75 years ago, around 1850, in Western civilization. Despite inconsistencies, 75 years ago, our culture was still predominantly Christian. Today, it is predominantly pagan. Isn't that something? You know, you know, uh, you know what denomination he was from? No, he was from the Presbyterian Church of USA. Oh, and, reformed, uh, yes. They 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 went after him for these conservative thoughts, and he founded the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Yes, excellent. In this distinction between paganism and uh, Christianity, what is it that's different? Paganism is optimistic with regard to unaided human nature, whereas Christianity is the religion of the broken heart. Heart, yes, I, I put that down too. That was really good. That these folks who are leaving the church think that apart from God, you can do good works. You don't need the Christian faith, etc. And remember the bondage of the will by Luther? What was his main point there? Well, we were all sinners and beggars before, the, for, before God. Exactly. And our will cannot choose things above, above. only below. Right. Yeah, I put down there that, that uh, he went on to say that human existence is healthy, harmonious, and we can somehow evolve into a better person versus preaching the whole law of God that reveals our transgression and talks about the broken heart. Yes. In fact, another good summary, he was criticizing the modern church as it tries to bring people into the church without requiring them to relinquish their pride and therefore the modern church is helping them to avoid the conviction of sin. In other words, there's no law really being preached from modern pulpits today. Right, yeah. It's helping them to avoid the conviction of sin is what it's saying. Everything's just hunky-dory. It's just a few mistakes that we got to correct out there, and we're okay. So what these folks have who are leaving the church, they actually have a faulty understanding of human nature. They really believe that uh, a, a sermon that attempts them to be better in life is appropriate apart from Christ and the Holy Trinity. Yeah, you know, as I'm reading through all of this, I, the thought occurred to me, we've used those terms saving faith and historic faith. Yes. Liberalism is really talking in a sense of, of, of historic faith, is it not? Well, they even deny a lot of that. Mm. But they're saying that you can take a look at Jesus. In other words, what liberals are saying is that what we have in the Bible, especially in the life of Jesus, is something so good that we believe it is good enough even for you good people. 
And the whole approach is faulty because it's based on a wrong understanding of human nature. Right. How about the Bible? What what does do liberals think about the Bible? Bible is written by human beings, products of the historic process. Yes. In fact, he says their view of authority is quite different and even incoherent. Liberals claim to trust in the authority of Jesus rather than the authority of a book, but they carefully select from the words of Jesus what they believe and sometimes say that the only thing that matters is not Jesus' words, but the purpose of his life. And his purpose is not his redemptive death, but rather liberals' own agenda, which the selected words of Jesus are supposed to support. And this is why the foundation of liberalism is not Christian trust in the word of God, but the shifting emotions of sinful men. Yeah, he becomes uh, another good teacher that we follow. Sure. I mean, if a woman is pregnant and she has the feeling that this is going to interfere with her progress in the secular world, well, she's got every right to put that child to death, even before it's born. Well, the other thought, too, that that, uh, came to mind was uh, when they select the words of Jesus, we become... We become godlike in deciding what are God's word, what what truly isn't God's word, and where do we stop? Back to that what historic criticism that we yes we see. Who did that first in the Bible? It was who did a, that? Yes, just Adam to select. Well, it was the serpent in the garden. That's right. Remember, he quoted the Bible, but he either misinterpreted it on purpose or he left out parts. He did that also with the temptation of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yes. So they select what fits their preconceived feelings prior to this. So if you're dealing with a young person who's left the church, boy, that's really tough to deal with them. Um, Here was a really good distinction. In Christianity, Jesus is the object of faith. In other words, when I say, I have faith, it's always in Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his promises. But in liberalism, Jesus is not the object of faith. He rather is an example of faith. And they say he was the first Christian, which means that Jesus, he had a faith in God, which other Christians need to emulate. And that's, that's so dangerous, uh, such a, a poison out there, because it really removes Christ as the Savior. Yes, uh, we're not denying that Jesus is an example for Christians, but the example of Jesus is a perfect example only if he was justified in what he offered to men. And he offered not primarily guidance but salvation. Jesus presented himself as the object of men's faith, and that offer is rejected by modern liberalism, but it is accepted by Christians. Right. Well, then that's the difference between Christianity and liberalism. Ultimately, a difference 
between uh, Jesus' identity. Yes, in fact, you already mentioned that uh, in liberalism, he is viewed as the fairest flower of humanity, whereas in Christianity, Jesus is regarded as a supernatural person, namely God himself. Right, that's where we really we talk about it in terms that God became man, and that's the only human being they will ever see with that, that distinction. Yes. And therefore, this really makes a big difference on salvation. We regard the cross as the means by which God the Father is able to forgive our sins because Jesus paid the punishment. But the liberals see the cross simply as an example of self-sacrifice. Right. When they go on to say the cross is too exclusive. Oh, yeah that only those who believe in the cross are saved. Uh, explain to our audience what a lot of liberals believe, namely universalism. Well, universalism is that thought that uh, there is, everybody makes it to heaven. Each has its own way, and we should be accepting of those ways. Versus in Christianity, we say the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Jesus himself tells us in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes. One of the things we've been talking about reaching out to the nuns is don't start arguing with them on the basis of reason to prove anything in the Bible, because that is saying that they need a change of their mind. And here's what uh, Machen's conclusion was. If liberalism is to return into the Christian communion, there must be a change of heart fully as much as a change of mind, and God grant that such a change of heart may come. And that's where we've been been talking these last few months about saving faith. it's believing in that gospel promises, trusting in those gospel promises that Jesus died on on the cross for me. Yes, yes. So he's kind of concluding here. He says, perhaps one way of understanding the kind of Christianity which is represented by liberalism is to think of it as the emergence within Christianity of a school of thought which seeks and attempts to interpret the life of Jesus, the Christian life, and the church more according to a sense of general revelation than according to the specific revelation of God to Israel and that which is found in the apostolic witness to Jesus as Messiah of Israel, Lord of the world, and God's own Son. Explain that to me. What he is saying here is that liberalism they have what is referred to as a a general understanding of revelation. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they, they'll look at creation and try and come up with, for example, how did God create the world? And they come up with evolution rather than the way God said he created the world. And once you start using your experience as the means of figuring out God, you will never find the triune God because he is hidden 
from our experience until we receive faith in his promises given by the Holy Spirit. You know, well said and very encapsulating. It's uh, really the other thought that came to mind is we're talking about a man's religion versus God's religion. Every religion in the world outside of Christianity is a form of liberalism or progressivism because they use their experience and fashion a God that fits according to their preconceived notions of what God should be like. And that's why the nuns are having problem because God is no longer according to their perceived notions, and therefore they leave the church, which talks about God's revealed notions. Thus, we need to talk about law and gospel, saving faith to them. Exactly. And let the Holy Spirit create faith within them. I thought this article was very good to help us once more understand the people to whom we're reaching out to. It was great. It was a great article. I, I... I come away saying we should call liberalism a different religion, but we shouldn't call it Christian. You can find the article by going to Google and just typing in Tim Whitaker, W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R, and you should find it. Till tomorrow's Open Mic Friday, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.